All right. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I love being here. Hallelujah. It's so good. You know, Delana and I watched a movie yesterday. It's called the, the end of the six happiness. And it's about a missionary named Gladys Awood. And Gladys, she felt called to go to China. She was a single woman. And all she got from people was, you're not qualified, you're not qualified, you're not qualified. No missions organization would send her. So she said, fine, if you won't send me, I'll go alone. So she worked and she saved every dime she could to buy that train ticket from um, England to China. You know, you had to take the boat across and take a train and go all the way, you know, through Russia down into China at that time. And she went there and that lady just did amazing things. And she became a Chinese citizen. She said, because I'm here for life. I'm not playing around. I came to China because God called me to go to China. And so she became a Chinese citizen and she became a Chinese citizen. And there was a, a colonel in the military. And he said, well, since now you're a Chinese citizen, I need your help and I need you to do what I tell you. She said, no. And he's like, well, you're a citizen. You gotta be obedient to me now. She goes, when you don't line up with my God, I'm not gonna obey. See, and that's where we need to be right now with our government. If they're not lining up with God, we don't need to obey it, amen? Because there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I read this morning, they're trying to make it a law in California that if you stop your child from a, a sex change, that that is child abuse. Abuse away, I say. I'm not kidding. That's where it's coming to. They're making it a law or they already have. You talk to Francie, she, she probably knows way more than I know seeing the things that are happening in our society today. But I'm telling you, there's things going on in our state, in our country that you need to stand up against. You don't have to take it. You don't have to say, oh, it's okay. It doesn't affect me. You might be a grandma. No, it doesn't affect me, but it's gonna affect the generations behind you, amen? I'm fighting for my grandsons right now. And my great grandkids that are gonna come one day. I'm young enough, I'll have great grandkids. Amen, but you gotta, you gotta, you can't take it. And it's going on and they're making laws that are not good for us. Today, we're in the book of Ephesians. As you know, if you were here last week, we're gonna go through the whole book. And it's funny, cause when Liz got here today, I always, I always like to know what's the final song so I know when to go up. You know, we talk about such things. And she says, well, the song is, the final song is the blessing. I said, oh, that's funny. That's the title of my message, the blessing. And she's like, I love when the Lord does that. And I like me too, you know, but today the title of my message is the blessing out of Ephesians chapter one, verses three through 14. So if you'd like to stand with me this morning, I'm gonna read it all to you. And, uh, you can read along if you like. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, out of the New King James. Verse three, blessed be the God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everybody say, blessed us. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery Everybody say the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Woo! Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray as we talk about it, that your word would come alive inside of us. That Lord, we'd be more comfortable, more settled into who we are in you. That Lord, your word would continue to change us, conform us, and Father, that your way of doing things and your way of being right would be alive in each one of us, Father, and your grace would be poured out today upon each one of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So last week we covered the greeting, the first two verses, which labels us as saints of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a saint. You're a saint, amen? which means you're holy. Everybody, you're holy. You believe in Jesus, you've given your life to Jesus, you're a saint and you're holy, amen? And it's wonderful and it's powerful to know who we are in Jesus. And just knowing what Jesus had done for us should empower us to walk out the Christian life, amen? Now, we're anybody here perfect? Yeah, me neither. But we're working on it. Amen. We, I mean, I know we're not perfected, but we're working on it. Every day we're working on it. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, it says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God is at work in us, amen? He's at work in his changes. We're not alone. You know, if you feel lonely and if you feel all alone, look up. Just look up, because he's there. 
He loves you, amen. He's got a plan for you. God is with us. And as the scripture says today, verse 3, he has blessed us with spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing from heaven, he's given to us. Every one of them. You, you don't have to look. They're yours. He's given you. He has blessed you, amen, overflowing and abundantly. And he's blessed us with these heavenly spiritual blessings so that we can walk out our faith. So that we know we don't have to do this alone. God is with us, amen. He's with us. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Who can be against you? It's not, it's not that, it's not that we, we can't do it. It's just that I think a lot of people today are looking in the wrong places. That song came to mind, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know. I think that people are looking for the answers in the wrong places today when it comes to spiritual things. I think people are looking to, to things that we shouldn't be looking at. Jeanette and I had a conversation before service about a person we know that, you know, has the Bible open, but then she has her spiritual cards on the Bible. And it's like, well, that's scary. I've heard of people using stones, you know, for, for healing and stones for this and stuff. Throw out the stones, throw out the stones and get rid of every single one. Don't use stones. It's not God. It's not biblical. Don't use them. Don't think, oh, I got this stone. You know, somebody told me one day, oh, yeah, I got these stones. And, and, and I'm like, what? Well, I need all the help I can get right now. Well, that will kill you. Get rid of it. It's not here to help you. But I think people are looking at, at other places for, to find their way. And when we start looking away from the word of God is when we're going to get in trouble. Amen. Because the word of God is the way. Amen. It's the truth. And it, and it's where it has all the answers we need for living this life. But, you know, and, and we've told people, you, you need to just go read this. I remember one time Delon and I were doing marriage counseling. And the couple came in and sat down. And I said, okay. I said, how much time do you spend reading your word and praying? And he looked at his wife and he goes, I told you he was going to ask us that. Because they know that's, what, that's the thing that saved my life. I read the word and I pray. I don't have to do it with Delonda. I do it with Delonda. We pray together every night. But I read my word and I pray. And I read my word and it changed me. Delonda reads her word, it changes her. Amen. You got to get into the word to be transformed and not looking at other things for transformation. The word of God is it. Devour the word of God. Line up with the word of God. Be right in line with God through his word. And don't look at other things for the answers. The other, there's answers in other places, but they're not going to lead you to God. They're going to stir you away from God. You got to stay in the word, amen. We need to know what Christ has blessed us with and what is ours. Usually when we're looking around, we look... We looked at from familiar places and not up. If we have a struggle, we usually find people that are in that struggle and we talk to them and we fellowship in that. We fellowship in our struggles. You don't get with people that have the same battle as you. You get with people that have overcome the battle. 
Amen. You got to get with people that are up. I mean, when Delon and I first came to the Lord, all we did was hang out with older people. Now I am the older people. But that's what we did. I'm like, everybody was 10 to 20 older years older than us. And those are the people we hung out with because they've already gone through the battle. They've won the fight, you know? They've overcome addictions. They've overcome things. And they've worked out things. And, and so, you know, that's who Delonda and I hung out with growing up in the Lord is people that have been through the battle, come out on the other side. They've stepped into the fire and they've come out clean. They've come out unburned. They don't smell like smoke. But a lot of times we tend to get with people that are familiar to us in the sense that we hang out with those we find familiarity with that are still in the fire and it doesn't help us enough. Because then we start coming into agreement that it's okay. You need to get, you, we need to grow up, amen? We need to grow up. We need to talk to people that have overcome and get with them. So today I'm going to give you some powerful keys, as Pastor Liz said a few months ago, that God has blessed you with. In this passage, there is nine things I'm going to pull out for this passage today that God has blessed you with. And I take a picture of them, I write them down, I do whatever you can to know that you have these things, okay, that are available to you that you need to tap into on a regular basis. So let's look at it. The first thing is in verse one that God has blessed you. Everybody say, I'm blessed. blessed. You know, what do you think of when, when you think of being blessed? What do you, huh? Covered, okay. Anybody else? Protected. Joy. I have what I need. Okay. Well, is it money? Is it prosperity? What is a blessing? Now, you're going to be surprised. In that first verse three, he uses blessed three times or blessing three times just in that one scripture. And they all have a different meaning. They're all different words. I'm like, wow, I, as I was looking them up. So the first one is, um, the first blessed means adorable. You're adorable. You're blessed. You look at your neighbor and say, you're adorable. And the baby's adorable. It's good to have Holly with us with her little baby boy. Uh, Haley had her baby. Oh, she'll be back in a few weeks here. Adorable. And, and, it's, it, and it means blessed be God. Let God have universal and eternal praise. And then because he is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the gift of endless love to man. This is what it means. Blessed is the father of mercy. I mean, it goes on and on. And then who has blessed us? It, and it means when it says who has blessed us, it means who has spoken well of you. God speaks well of you. Amen. And, and it means to bless, like a, to invoke a benediction upon you, to bless you, to praise your life. Amen. That's God. All spiritual blessings, with all spiritual blessings, it means with pure doctrines of the gospel with abundant gifts and graces of the Holy Spirit, justifying. And you know what justification is, right? Justification is just as if I've never sinned. So Isaiah, God looks at you just as if you've never sinned. 
Isn't that great? I love that. I mean, because I look back at my life, Junior, and I think about all the things. And now because I'm in Christ and I'm blessed by the Lord, he looks at me and he says, man, Ron's a good guy. <laughs> I love that. And I'm adorable. <laughs> but it, all, it also means sanctified. It means, and sanctification means you're set apart for the will of God. Is that you, Haley? You back there? She's got her little boy with her too today. All right, praise God. Were you here when I just talked about you? Okay, I just said she'll be here soon. So there you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can say hi to her little baby later. So, and then and it talks about that spiritual blessings, talks about building us up on our most holy faith. See, that's what God's intending. Just from the blessing that he gives us, he wants to build us up in our most holy faith. And God has blessed you. Amen. God has blessed you. Everybody say, I'm blessed. Yes. Number two, he's chosen you. He's chosen us. He's chosen us. Verse four, it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, whew, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he has chosen us to be holy, amen, without blame. When he created man, he was holy and blameless. Amen, Adam and Eve, they walked around just shining all the time, you know. And, and then when sin came through the same man that God created, Adam, then Jesus came and he provided a way for us to come back to that holy state, amen. He chose us. Um, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, it says, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, let me explain this verse to you. Many are called, but few are chosen. Um, I know you guys just got married. So you send out a bunch of invitations, okay? Just think about it. You're like, we're just going to have this great wedding. It's just going to be incredible. Not out in the middle of the desert like you did, but <laughs> they got married in the middle of the desert. I mean, Andy got lost. <laughs> Andy and Ed. But I mean, you, you send out all these invitations. You're inviting all these people. You invite, you invite all the church. You invite all your friends, all your family, everybody you know. You're like, you invite hundreds of people to this invitation. And then you go and you have the wedding and it's going to be here at New Hope. And then... Nobody came. Nobody showed up. You're like, what in the world? We just sent all these invitations. So you, you say like, well, let's try it again. Let's, let's just invite family. Well, the family don't show. And you're like, you know what? Let's just go invite all the homeless people in the community to come. They'll come because we're going to give them food. So we know they're going to show up, you know. And then when you invite all these people, you don't even know. And then they come and then you have this, you have this great wedding, but it was all these people. You see, many are called. The call has gone out from God. God wants you to be the bride of Christ. Amen. But not everybody chooses to. They don't all come. They just stay home, doing their thing, living their life. See, and that's what it means to be chosen. Many are called God. The call is gone out to mankind. Jesus died for who? 
Everybody, right? I mean, how many does God want to perish? None. How many does he want to see go to hell? None. You know, we had a couple of days of cleaning here at the church this week, Friday and Saturday. We clean this sanctuary. Under your chair is clean. There should be no dust on those legs, on those rails, or nothing. And you know what else is not there anymore? Gum. There was gum under your chairs. Every row had gum under their chairs, except one. Carolyn, your row. That's the only one that didn't have gum under it. My row had gum under it. I want to thank everybody that came to help clean. But Mindy, she cleaned under those chairs and she scraped all that gum off. And why, why am I even talking about that right now? Because she told me there's a special place in hell for people that put gum under chairs. <laughs> it probably took her five or six hours to clean the just the bottom of the chairs. And then Izzy vacuumed all the chairs, and then Savannah vacuumed the whole house, and then we dusted all the corners. I mean, we wiped down everything we could in this church this weekend. Thank you for coming and helping those that did. It was a real blessing. But you see, not everybody is going to make the choice, even though it was going to be just great. I mean, everybody would be dressed like the food was going to be fabulous, you know. It, it's just like there's these 10 virgins that they wanted to go to the Great Supper. They wanted, they, they were like, but they got lazy. Five of them got lazy. Five of them said, oh, man, we need sleep. We're tired of this. We're tired of waiting. And I think that's a lot of the church today. They're tired of waiting for Jesus to come. And so even though they, they, they made the choice at one time, they've gotten lazy on their decision and they've relaxed to the point that they're no longer choosing rightly. They've relaxed so much that they're, they're like, eh, I'm good. But you see in the word of God, when, when the 10 virgins Five, the, the bridegroom came when five of them were ready, but five were off doing their own thing. See, we have to stay ready. We have to stay chosen, amen. We can't relax to the point that we're, we're so uh, relaxed that we miss his coming because we've allowed things. Now, if you've done this, I don't care, but I'm just telling you, I'm not doing it. <laughs> when, I, when I was in high school, you know, and I, and I came to youth group and I gave my life to Jesus. You know what we did? We got rid of all that worldly music. We got rid of all the secular music. I had every Led Zeppelin album made. And they had five different covers on one. I had all five. I had all this other music and everything. And they said, we're going to get rid of, we're going to have a, a, a burning and I'm like, what? And they're like, we're going to burn all our secular music. I'm like, great, I'm, not, I'm done with it. Brought all my albums and I got rid of all of them. Every single one of them. But now, see, that was the thing that we did when I was, you know, back in the 70s and, and early 80s. You know, that's what we did. But now I see guys my age 
going to the concerts of these 70 and 80 year old people having a, a reunion tour. And, then, and I see you guys, Christian men that are going to these concerts. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't go back to where you've come from. Don't go back to where you've left, amen? Now, I know that may seem silly to you, but to me, it's a big deal because I, I felt like I gave up a lot and I, and I still don't, want, don't sit around and listen to secular music because I worship. All right, two amens. All right. Liz, you should have helped me on that one. <laughs> So not everybody is going to stay in that chosen category, I believe. Jesus says of the many who are called, only few choose to. He paid the price, amen? He paid the ultimate price. He, sa he says in another place that the gate is narrow. And the way is hard that leads to life. It's not easy. Only a few people want to walk on it. Only a few people want to stay chosen. Only a few people want to stay the course of what God asks. So you have to show that you really want this life. You got you to gotta be in it to win it. Amen? You got to stay in the course. That means obedience to Jesus's commandments. You know, there's, you, you know, I know we're not bound by the law. Praise God. You know, we, we're under grace. But Jesus has over 200 commandments that he's given us. That's not the legalism. It's just things that he's telling us to do. So he's put out the call to all of us, to everyone. And it's up to us whether we choose it or not. But one thing's very clear, you are all called. You are all called and meant to be chosen. Everyone's meant to be chosen because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He loves you, he loves mankind. But we know there's a lot of evil here but in the world, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna give in to that, amen? To the point that we are number three, we are predestined having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, Jesus knows that not everybody will make the right choice, right? We got family members that haven't made the right choice. We're still praying and we're still declaring, we're still interceding. And we've all seen signs of people that are declaring that they're going to hell and they seem to be okay with that because they don't know. But that's not what Jesus wants. He wishes that none would perish, amen. He died for all mankind and planned a way for all of us to come. Everyone is predestined to come to Jesus. It's just that not everyone, It's just that not everyone will, not everyone will. His intent, he predestined us. He, what he did created an opportunity of destiny to meet with the king. But not everybody's gonna choose that. But that's what we're predestined for. 
That's why he came and he died on the cross. He created a way for us to come into our destiny of Jesus Christ, to come into our destiny as sons and daughters of the most high God, to come into our destiny of children of the King. Jesus gave it all for you and I, for the people out there that don't know it yet. And the whole thing was to, number four, make us accept it. Make us accept it. Verse six, it says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted by his grace, his unmerited favor, his undeserved blessing, but no matter how you slice it, by his favor and blessing, even though we don't deserve it, he accepts us, amen? Don't let people discourage you. Know that God accepts you. Now, the grace is there. Everybody say grace. grace. The grace is there so that we don't continue in our sin. See, he, you can, no matter what state you're in, you can come to God and he'll accept you. But how many of you have ever cleaned a fish you didn't catch yet? You got to catch the fish before you clean it, right? I love it when I go fishing, Delonda likes the fish really, really clean. So she'll clean them for me. It's beautiful. <laughs> I know I'm lucky guy. But it's, see, God can't clean us until we come to us. So he says, come as you are. But he doesn't say, stay as you are. He's here. He, his grace is meant to clean us. The power of the blood of Jesus is to wash away our sins. Amen. So that we don't stay the way that we are. The, the grace comes to us so that we don't have to continue to sin. I, you know, I, I had a friend early on when I was in Christ, he said, come on, man, let's go have a beer. I go, I don't drink anymore. He goes, come on, man. God's grace is sufficient. I go, yep, it's sufficient enough. I don't ever have to drink again. I don't have to be like the world anymore. I'm done. I'm done with the world. Grace, grace, grace. God has accepted me and he has washed me in the power of the blood. Amen. And I've repented of all my sins and they have been washed under the blood of Jesus and I'm good. You know, he accepts us as we are, but we still need to repent when we come. Amen. He said in Acts 3:19, repent therefore and be converted. Everybody say repent. That your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Repentance. It just, it just washes away our sins so that times of refreshing can come to us. Amen. That we just be refreshed in the Lord and we experience his joy. We come to Jesus and we're accepted. But the repentance is part of coming to Jesus. Throwing away that old junk, which takes us to Number five, being redeemed. Verse seven, it says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He redeems us from our sins. We're reconciled to God 
through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And his grace has been to extend into us to redeem us from our sinful nature. That rather excites me. <laughs> we are redeemed from our sinful nature, amen? So now we're alive in Christ Jesus and dead to sin, amen? And, and we show that, we show that by water baptism, which we're having on June 25th. Jeanette will tell you about it a little bit, but right up there is the water baptism. We show that, that redemption process that, see, when we fill that tank up with water and, and you get baptized, you go under that water, it's like, you're dead, dead to sin. And you're going under in your death. You're being buried and then you're being redeemed, resurrected into life, amen? It's an outward sign of what's happening on the inside. You're being redeemed, amen? And he's redeemed us and his hand is not too short to redeem us from anything, amen? You know, you might say, well, what about the unpardonable sin? Well, let me tell you, if you committed the unpardonable sin, you wouldn't be here today. When you commit that unpardonable sin, you stop trying to seek God. So if you're here today, you've not committed the unpardonable sin. You know, your prime, your prime for Jesus to be accepted. You know, you have to remember that this is all a choice. This is all a choice. You decide where you're gonna spend eternity. Amen, Jesus has done it all, provided a way for us back to God, provided a way for us away from our sinful nature. He's redeemed us and he just says, here, take hold of it. Here, it's yours. Here, it's free. Here, just, just come. Come as you are, I accept you. Oh, wow, you repented of your sins. Man, look at you, look at you sore. You're so holy, you're a saint. You've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Jesus has done his job well, amen. He's done his job well. And then he's done his job so good that he, number six, makes it abound towards us. He's not trying to hide it. He's not trying to hide it. He's not trying to hide the way of salvation. He's not trying to make it hard. Verse eight says, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. He made it to abound towards us. What did he make abound towards us? His grace, his grace is chasing you today. His grace is after you. His grace is on you. His grace, his grace, his grace, his favor, his blessing. Remember his favor and blessing. Remember the forgiveness of sin. Remember the healing. Remember loving us before we loved him. He's given us his grace. Listen, he coupled it with wisdom. Wisdom is that which enables men to judge what are the best ends and the best means of attaining them. So Jesus, in his grace, gives us that wisdom to show us the way. He says, here, Jesus would say, follow, follow me. That's what he would say, he'd just say, follow me. Just do what I did, Jesus would say that. Now, what, what, what God would want us to be able to say is, 
follow me, follow Ron King, follow Dwayne Wise, follow Carol Powell. You know, just as she follows Christ. She followed Delonda as she follows Christ. See, that's the place that God wants us to be to, is that we can say, you know, follow Jeff, because he's seeking after God. Follow Jake. You know, that's what God wants us to be able to, to do. See, so that we can be that model of Christ to people, so that we might win them, JR. So they might say, wow, look at JR go, man. JR, what are you doing, man? How do you do it? What are you doing? What's, what's going on? How do you walk in this way? How are you so kind? How are you so loving? What's going on in your life that you're so kind to everybody? Jesus. I'm following Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm holy. I'm a saint. Isaiah, I'm adorable. Yes, you are. <laughs> you can say that about yourself. Everybody say, I'm adorable. Yes, you are. But that's the wisdom he gives to us. And you know what prudence is? It's practical wisdom applied in the best time and manner to secure the best ends. So he not only shows you the way, he shows you when to apply it. He shows you how to use it. You're not in this alone, people. You're not in this battle alone. He's with you. We, we, didn't we sing that today? He is with me. He is in you. He's, you know, he's for you. You know, just the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. They're singing my sermon. It's what it is. He's with you, amen. Some people would say that grace is a covering so that we can do what we want. I disagree with that belief. I believe that grace is a covering that I can do what he wants. Amen. I can do what he wants. And, you know, in, in our imperfections, we sin. There's, we all agree there's none of us perfect. And in our imperfections, we sin. But when you sin, fall forward on your knees and repent and get up and keep going. That's where his grace is sufficient for you. Amen. His grace just washes you. It keeps you going. You can get up and just say, ha, devil, you ain't going to hold me. You got to get it in your heart and your mind. You know, because when we sin, you know, don't, don't sit around and beat yourself up and say, oh, man, I said, repent. Just repent and get up. I'm done with that. And then the devil will say, that's what you said last time. And you say, this time I mean it. And then when you stumble again, just, just keep repenting. Keep striving after God, amen. Don't let the devil hold you back. Don't let him hold you down. Don't let him tell you it's okay to have that in your life. No, let go of it and come after God. God will take you there. Why do I say that? Because he makes it abound towards us. That's the great thing about Jesus. He makes it come after you. We're not on our own. He's here to help us, to empower us, to equip us, to be all that we can be in Christ so that we're successful. So that when we, we do pass from this life into the next, Bobby, he looks at you and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Well, that's what I want to hear, right? That's what we all want to hear. I want to, I want to, I want to hear, hey! 
Hey, Ron's here. Open the door. Open the door. He's here. That's what I want to hear. Because I'm going after Jesus. Amen. We sing that song, Let It Rain. That song's been around for a while. Michael W. Smith singing Let It Rain. And I think of I think of it as grace. Let it rain. Let that grace, Lord, be poured over us to help us to walk out our relationship with you, God. We just have to stay under that spout of Jesus, amen, under that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We don't wander from the truth. We, we don't look in other places. We just stay with Jesus because Jesus is intent to, number seven, make it known to you. He is intent to make it known to you. In verse nine, it says, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Even when Jesus was walking on, on the earth, the disciples were confused. They didn't understand a lot of things. I mean, when he died and three days later, Mary Magdalene comes to him and says, he's risen from the dead, I saw him. They're like, yeah, right. That's confusion. That's, I mean, the trauma was more than they could bear. I mean, really, that's what it was. The trauma was more than they could, could handle. But Jesus sat down and he explained it to them. And after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had understanding. The mystery of the gospel was made known to them. They understood that Jesus came as the son of, as the son of God, left his throne, came to earth as a man, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, I mean, even the guy on the cross, this guy don't deserve it, man. He's perfect. He took all of our sin and sickness on the cross. He bore it all. See, but after Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, they got it. They understood. Peter stood up and he preached a sermon 3,500 people said, I want that. They came forward. It just, it just came to them. He made it known to them. And he wants us to know it's not a mystery anymore. It's been done. And he's abounding it towards you. He's putting it on you. He wants the revelation to come to you. Before we come to Jesus, we, don't, we didn't get it all. You know, we didn't understand, but when we got the Holy Spirit, things were made known to us. When you, when you accept Jesus, Jude, things come alive. You're like, wow. You know, I mean, I, I read the Bible as a kid and everything, but man, when I, when I fully went in with Christ, I was like, oh my gosh, I read the Bible today. I'm like, this has been in there all the time. I've read through the Bible probably 20 times. It's, it's really been in there all this time. I, I didn't, you know, it's still, it's still feeding me. It's still jumping out at me. It's still being made known to me. And we're on the other side of, of what the disciples had. We have the word of God. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit to teach us as we read it, to give us revelation, to make it known to us. Amen. Whoops. Messed that slide up. 
Now we have the understanding. You have more in your hands than Moses did. You have more today than King David did. You have more than Abraham did. You have the word of God and the Holy Spirit. You have that. You can do this. You can do this. Amen. Because number eight, he's given us an inheritance. We're sons and daughters with an inheritance. Amen. We get to, we get to get it. We get to get it in him. Verse 11. We also have attained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. We have an inheritance. So you can now say yes and amen to the promises of God. There was a prophet, Dick Mills, and Dick was, man, he was one of the most awesome prophets I've ever met. And I've met a lot of them. And he said there was over 6,000 promises for us in the word of God. And we can say yes to all of them. And amen. Amen. It's according to his will. It's his plan. We've inherited. We've inherited heaven. Heaven will be our home. Amen. Just not yet. We've responded to the call. He sent out and now... We have this inheritance. Your sons and daughters of the most high God, you get to inherit. And it doesn't mean just when you get to heaven. I mean, we get to inherit heaven, but you get to inherit his promises today. Amen. Now, they're yours today. Amen. Now, by his stripes, you are healed. Amen. Today, now, receive it. Amen. And now, number nine, it is sealed. It is sealed. Verse 13, it says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. You trust. You hear the word of truth. The truth is the gospel of salvation. You believe it. You receive it, and now you're sealed in it. Amen. No one can take it away from you. No one can take it away from you. Now, you can give it away. Like I said, you know, you can be chosen and walk away from the right choice. You can give it away, but no one can take it away from you. No one can take it away from you. You belong to God. You're a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing from above. God has done a lot for us today, amen, to be here to receive all these heavenly blessings. Isn't it great? He loves us so much. He's poured out these blessings to us. They're yours. Knowing these nine things will help you to walk out your inheritance with Jesus. You just got to remember what you have. And just remember, you're not alone. You're not alone. He has sent you help. 
But it all comes down to choices. How do you choose to follow Jesus? How you choose to follow Jesus will determine your future. Just, just choose Christ. Amen. Let's stand today. Let's lift our hands towards heaven. Father, here we are. Standing before you, lifting our hands to you today, God. Lord, and I thank you that you've made your grace abound towards us. <laughs> that we can be forgiven and free today, God. That Lord, that we as your children, God, have received your inheritance of eternal life. Lord, because we've received it, we believe it, God. I pray that Lord, that you strengthen every person here today, God. That Lord, that we walk out the choice we've made of serving you. We walk in it today, God. If there's anybody here today that says, I need to make that decision today, just wave at me right now. You said, I need to make that choice today. Anybody here needs to make that choice? Okay, well, I'm gonna just believe that you're all born again today. So Father, I pray, Lord, that that grace abound towards every person here today, God. That Lord, that we be free from the things of this world and we'd be steady in the things of God. Let your grace abound towards each one of us. Father God, I pray that you keep us let these nine things sink into our lives today, Father. Let us be committed to the cause of Christ, knowing that you're for us and you're not against us, that you've made a way for each one of us to overcome. And we thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy towards each one of us that we can overcome in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.